1: Without divine intervention, our moral compass is pretty out of whack. We'll talk about that here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Make it a point to join us. We all would like to believe that we do have a moral compass. fact is, you need only look around the cultural climate today and you'll realize that just about everybody has their own view of what their moral compass should be apart from a divine work of god through his holy spirit it's pretty out of whack and that's what brings us to today's broadcast here in john chapter 16 the convicting work of the holy spirit won't you join us Here's Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: Indeed, I count everything as lost. Why? Why do you count all your benefits? Because, listen, of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. You see, when you get over the sin of unbelief, You come to see the surpassing worth of one Jesus. One Jesus is worth more than a million worlds. One Jesus. I wish you loved him. I wish you would talk like you loved him. I wish you would actually become contagious, that you want to sing about Jesus. You want to talk about Jesus. You want to share Jesus. When did you get over falling in love with Christ? Have you fallen from your first love? I don't hear some of you ever talk about him. Is he old hat? Has he become the ugly wife? Are you stuck with him? Are you stuck with him? Or do you adore him? I'm going to tell you, I married my wife in her youth. And 50 years later of courtship and marriage, only us guys that's done it. She's gotten 10 times prettier because I know her through and through after 50 years. The body could waste away, but those of an incorruptible spirit get prettier every year. You can't buy a pure spirit. You can't buy a right spirit. And let me tell you, this Jesus, the ages never get him ugly. He's as lovely as he ever was. It's us. We have fallen in love with this world that puts no value on him. When you love him, you will be transformed from glory to glory. He goes on to say, hear this, I, was, I came to see his word. For his sake I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Now watch. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, Moses, Torah, But that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Hallelujah. The book of Romans. I am just, I have God's righteousness by faith alone, not by performance. As some of the brothers were praying before the service today, we were just talking to one another. And we said, all of our righteousness is at the right hand of God. There's not a man in the room that's got enough righteousness to get to heaven. Unless Christ came and died he is my righteousness 1 Corinthians 130 he is redemption he is sanctification he is righteousness one day john bunyan was living with conviction john bunyan the famous writer of pilgrim's progress he said he was walking one day living with conviction the spirit was working on him working on him but he wasn't saved yet and he's trying to figure it all out. And he said one day he was walking, and he started walking through a wheat field in England. And he said, as he walked through that field, all of a sudden, Philippians 3.9, because he was a good English churchgoer, Church of England. He, he heard catechisms. He, he, he knew the church year. All of a sudden, Philippians 3.9 rung down the quarters of, a, of his heart. And it rang this way, and be found in Christ having a righteousness not my own, but a righteousness that comes from God by faith alone. And he said, That day I believed. That day I was declared righteous. And from that day in that weed field, I've never been the same. For I finally got a righteousness I could count on. It's the righteousness of God for a dirty sinner that simply believes. That's how you get to heaven. Sir! Listen to me. You can never be good enough, religious enough, give enough money, or be baptized a hundred times won't get you to heaven. You must put your faith in Christ. He alone becomes your righteousness. It's the only way any of us sinners, any of us, start with the pastor. I'll nominate biggest sinner in the house. I'll take it any time. I don't mind because it will magnify the grace of God. Grace can get even me to heaven because he gave me a free righteousness. It's a gift righteousness received simply by saying this beautiful Savior I want. God said if you take him, you get his wardrobe. I'm going to just clothe you. I'm just going to throw a robe of righteousness on you because I got to dress you to go to heaven. You can't go up there in rags. It beats Botany 500, honey. Botany 500 can rot. Ma's love wool. When you get there, you're dressed in the righteousness of Christ. He said in Revelation 19, when I saw the armies of heaven, they were riding back with Christ, and all the saints were riding with him, and they were dressed in white garments, which is the righteousness of the saints. They're dressed in righteousness, and they're equipped to live righteous. Oh, I wish you got what I'm saying. That's what he convicts of. We've got to show a man you're not good enough to go to heaven. And God's good enough to send you to hell. Because you wretched thing, you don't deserve it. I know you don't like that language and it empties nice churches. But I get to say it here. Because I could talk to you like you're a sinner just like me. It's been so liberating to me as a pastor. Because you know, when you're a pastor, you're to be the epitome of perfection. And the convert laugh, go ahead. My children are. I've never had to live with that pressure because when I landed this church, i just come to understand the book of Romans and justification by faith. And I thought, if I can just before God, why do I need to worry about men? He's the one I got to get past. Can you get past him? He said, this righteousness will get you to heaven Because the Jews could not imagine Christ saying, I'm going back to heaven. Why? The high priests were killed in the Holy of Holies if they had any sin. How could this fraud, how could this false Messiah, how could this liar say, I'm going back to heaven? No, no, no. Liars and frauds don't go into the throne room. Jesus said, I'm not a liar. I'm not a fraud. I am exactly who I told you was. I'm going back to my father's house. And unless you believe in me, you can never get the kind of righteousness that gets you to the Father's house. Thirdly, he convicts of judgment that the God of this world, there is a ruler of this world, and his name is not uh, your most hated politician, whoever that is. His name is Satan. That's why our worst sin is to fall in love with the world Because you've fallen in love with what Satan is the God of. 1 John 2.15 Love not the world nor the things of the world. For he that hath the love of the world does not have love for the Father. For he that loves the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the vain pride of life, these things shall pass away. But he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. Judgment. Should sinners hear about judgment? When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he preached these three themes. You, by wicked hands, have killed the Prince of Glory. That's your sin. God has raised him up and seated him at his right hand. This is how righteous he is. And God is going to judge you for what you have done to his son. That day, it says, their hearts were pricked, and they believed, and 3,000 were added to the church in one day. Because they heard of their sin, they heard of his righteousness, and they heard of judgment. Jesus is saying, if you don't put trust in me and get my righteousness, the only thing left for you is divine judgment. And I'm going to judge you just like I judged Satan at the cross. Oh, he's still free. He still wanders the earth. He uh, uh, won't be cast down until the tribulation according to Revelation 12. But right now, He's seeking people to devour like a roaring lion. He's still the prince of the air. But Revelation 20 says someday he'll be incarcerated in the lake of fire where he and his angels will be for eternity. And that's exactly where the world is headed unless they come to see the beauty in Jesus, the righteousness found in him, and escape the judgment of God. This is our message. I ask you, Have you ever turned to Christ because you saw him as the greatest gift God could ever offer you? Have you ever come to see his beauty, his wonder, his majesty? Or are you just stuck with him? Just stuck. Well, there's no other way to go to heaven. I I don't want to go to hell. Yeah? What do you got to do? Except Jesus. Well, I'll do it because I don't want to go to hell. You know what? I I don't think you go to heaven that way. I don't think God's going to let you go. I might be wrong. I hope I am, I think. Why would God want to let you into heaven if you've never come to see how wonderful Jesus is? You mean the Holy Spirit's not big enough to me? according to 2 Corinthians 4, he says what he does when the God of this age, he speaks to him after conviction. By the way, the question is, does everybody that's convicted get saved? The word is used in Matthew 18, and it's used this way. To show your brother his fault or reprove. And conviction does not always lead to conversion. Because there the brother says, you go to him and you show him his fault. This word for convict. And the man says, I don't accept it. You take two other brothers, show him his fault. I don't accept it. You take it to the church. I don't accept it. Finally, he's put out of the church because he refuses to see his fault, refuses to repent, refuses to get right. So he eventually winds up outside the church. It's this same word. And so you can so harden your heart that you can know who Jesus is and say, but I don't want him. I know I could never be good enough to go to heaven but I'm sure not going to come to Jesus to get his righteousness. If I can't make it on my own, I don't want it. And three, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of hell. I hope it's a myth. But if I go there, I'll be with my buddies. This kind of joking and jesting. You can harden your heart and all the time say, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is a glorious Savior, they tell me. My mom, my dad, someone told me about it. But I just don't want him. I love my sin more than the thought of coming to him. And on one side, you would say, God is a failure, God. If you consider 7 billion people in the world today, and I wonder how many born again among them there is. Say, God, you... You're doing a terrible job. Most folks don't want Jesus Christ. What do they want? They want their sin. They want the darkness. And God gives them what they want. And they spend eternity with the choice. Well, why did you see it? Why did you want it? Well, the Spirit not only convicted but while that conviction was going on, according to, to Titus, he began a work of regenerating the heart, making you want him, making you want him. And he began to just keep drawing you. Everyone the Father draws, come to him. He that is not drawn by the Father, never. He began to draw you. You were stubborn. You pushed it off. You pushed it off. But he just kept wooing. He kept saying, I want you. I want you. said, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want and, and, and finally, someday, one day, finally, some say, you, you know, I know I need you, Jesus, but I'm just not ready now. Well, no, you just keep on, and then you make a bigger mess. You get more miserable. You get where you can't sleep, and, and a lot of this stuff starts working. "Said, so why don't you leave me alone? And God whispers in your ear, I can do that, but I'd rather give you my son. And somewhere in that process, He has to give you even the faith and the desire to ever want him. And some miracle in the new birth, he finally overcomes our stubborn, resistant will. And finally we say, Jesus, you're what I've needed all the time. Jesus, I'm a fool. I'm stubborn. Why haven't I surrendered to you? You've never done me anything but good. You've never done anything. Your kindness keeps overwhelming me. I keep sinning. You keep loving. I keep running. You keep chasing. I keep resisting. You keep wooing. Why don't you leave me alone? Because God says, because nobody would go to heaven if I wasn't a stubborn lover. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to woo you until you want me. I'm going to woo you till you want me. I'm going to woo you till you want me. me. Oh, oh, come on. Let's talk about human pride. That that first girl, the guy asked her, uh, do I ask her to go steady? And you're thinking all the time, now, honey, if you say no, I can find just as good as you down the street. That's why the guy's afraid to ask. Because he said, you know, I'm cool, too. Honey, will you go steady? No. Who do you think you are? You think you're hot, huh? I'm going to find me someone better. Because all that pride gets in there. And here's God saying You've said no to me for five years. It's me again. It's me again. Why did you get the hint? I want to. If I have to receive Jesus, I just don't go to hell. And God says, you are going. And finally, it breaks through. And if you're here today and you've never fled to Christ, you're not trusting what denomination you grew up, You're not trusting you were baptized as an infant. That gets you in. Oh, baloney, it gets no one in. If he said that, we would have put a baptistry on the cross. We didn't put a baptistry. We put a man. It's Christ. Why don't you look to him? And you know what? He kept telling Israel, Israel, you've been snake bitten. You're dying in the wilderness. And they said, what what is the serum? What can we do to cure this? He said look to that pole with a snake on it if you just look god will heal you and god's telling you just look to my son and i'll heal you i'll save you or what about this stupid little program i'm going to kill every firstborn animal and son in egypt well god is there any cure there's one cure i want you to take a little lamb And on the 11th day of Nisan, I want you to put it in a cage for three days. Check it for worms, ticks. Check it to see if its eyes run. I want to see if it's diseased. For three days, I want you to inspect that animal. Three days. And then on the 14th of Nisan, I want you to slit the throat. I want the blood to flow out. And I want you to take some branches. It was hyssop but just kind of like desert branches. They wrap it together. Take that hyssop, dip it in that lamb's blood. I want you to just put it all over the door. Put it up there. And I can imagine these slaves saying, you've got to be kidding. This will save us from death. This saves from judgment. This is weird. Moses says, do it, or you will wail like all of Egypt. The wailing started in the evening. And the wailing went throughout Egypt. And pretty soon in Pharaoh's house, they're weeping because his boys die. People are not only weeping over sons dying, firstborn animals are dying. There's death and disease all over Egypt. And yet, there's this little band of people, probably two million. Everyone that followed Moses' instruction, they said, you know what? You know what? Go get Junior. Is he in the house? Junior, get in here. Yes, Daddy. Whew, that was close. He said, no, 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 no. All he looked for was the blood of the Lamb. And he passed over. He, he just jumped over. And First Peter says, Christ, you were not bought with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb slain. And Today, God is wanting to apply the blood of His Son over the doorpost of your heart so that judgment will never touch you. And you will escape all the wrath coming on this world. Won't you come? Won't you come? Won't you come? come? Let me pray for those of you that are so righteous, you've never come, or so guilty, you don't think you can. It's Christ He's convicting you of. His righteousness... He's showing you and judgment to flee. Father, there are some here today that don't have the blood of the Lamb on their heart. They're religious. They come to church for whatever reason that's between them and you. And I ask you don't let anyone who hears us preach week after week perish. They can see a preacher. I've had people. Who have come, Lord, that said, we like to hear you preach. But they never got saved. They never t- they never liked Christ. They never took him. But a lot of times they bragged on me. And yet, they're perishing. If there's anyone here today that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And their sin is still rejecting him. Not putting their trust in him. Or they're still trusting their righteousness, not his, the gift of righteousness that he offers in the gospel. They probably either are ignoring judgment or are scared about the future, which they ought to be. Would you save them today? Would you give them the courage to admit, I do not know Jesus Christ, but the Spirit has convicted me to such a place. I want him today. Come into my heart. Forgive me. I might have been baptized a Catholic, baptized a Protestant, and I've trusted this tradition or that tradition, but I have never, never asked Jesus to become my Savior by simple faith. Would you work in their heart now, right where they are, whoever you are, I want you to have a conversation with the Lord. Say, am I still saying no to Christ, or have I received him? To as many as receive him, he gives the power to become the children of God. If you're just receiving by faith. How many of you here are saying, I'm guilty. I have no righteousness of my own. Where do I flee? Where do I go? You go to Christ. He offers to clothe you in his righteousness. Are you here? Are you here? Is there anyone here that the Spirit of God is talking to? And you say, I want Christ. I want him to become my Savior. Is there anyone? Raise your hand. Let me know. We'll pray for you. And you can come and see us after the service. I and some of the pastors will be here. I see that hand. Anyone else? Is there anyone else? This is God dealing with me. I've been trusting my tradition. I've been trusting, but I'm not a believer. I'm not a Christian. I see other hands. Are you here? Raise your hand. We're going to remember to wait up here for you. We'll try to answer any questions. If we can help get you a Bible, we'll do that. Is there someone here who says, I'm not a Christian. i like to come to church. Maybe I grew up in the church, but I've never took Christ as my Savior. Who are you? Just raise your hand. That won't save you, but it's a beginning. It tells me God's dealing with your heart, and you want to make a start with Christ. Are you here? I'm looking for you. It's up to you. Several have done that, and I want some of you pastors to please stand with me up front. So there'll be plenty of us to share Christ with these dear people. Let me pray again. Father, take us with your blessing today. Complete the work you've begun in these dear people. Give us men wisdom to help answer any questions that may still be on their heart. Bring us back tonight to rejoice in our Savior's birth. Rejoice in this marvelous group of singers, musicians, and Tech people that offer this wonderful gift after long hours of preparation. I pray you're blessed. May Christ come through. May Christ be shown. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: what we believe worship times directions and the like again truth for today or again simply call 855 833 9864 would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available